0: God's good. Who's who's ready for Christmas? Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> it's come too quick. Anyway, I love Christmas. It's a great time of the year. It's it's the happiest time of the year. You know, God I think the angel went out to the shepherds in the fields cuz God just couldn't contain himself. Has anybody did anybody watch Leon when he had when they had their first baby, Leon and Kristen? How crazy Leon went. And the Instagram and all this. It's like God is, God went a bit like that when Jesus was born, and and the spirit of that celebration, the spirit of that celebration still echoes down through the ages today. It still echoes all around the world. It's such an amazing, joyous, happy, just there's such. Like, you go down the street on Christmas Eve, and you go down the street on New Year's Eve, it's like two different kind of atmospheres. Anybody ever notice that? Like, New Year's Eve is like totally feral, but Christmas Eve is like everybody just wants to smile, and there's just a great spirit. And I'm believing, along with um, the God, with um, Patrick when he prayed today, that same spirit, along with Leon in the pre-service, that same spirit of Christmas is going to break through in this city. That spirit of joy, that spirit of gladness, that spirit of rejoicing, that spirit of lightness, not a spirit of heaviness, a spirit of lightness, spirit of praise, spirit of worship, spirit of thankfulness, is just gonna rise in people's lives all over the city. It's gonna win. You know, the Bible says that the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness cannot put out the light. We're shining a light. Not everybody likes to have the light shined on them. But that's okay, they can run away if they want. But we're still going to shine the light. Because some people come into the light and they'll be set free. The Bible says that when the light shines on you, that your, your your deeds are exposed. And that's pretty humbling for pretty much everybody. But when we humble ourselves before the Lord, that's when we can receive from Him. So it's our job to shine The light, the light of his word out into the community. The light of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. The light of the gospel that says Jesus came, suffered and died and rose again from the dead to take on the sins. To take on your sins, to take on my sins, to take on the sins of every person on the planet. To breathe a miracle into our life. So we could have eternal life, something we could never ever deserve. He got us out of the bind. It's so wonderful. He paid the price. Ever gone to the checkout and got your groceries out, and then you hadn't had enough money to pay for put a couple back? It's like that's how that's that's how we were. We're caught, caught out. But he paid it in full. He's got the capacity. He's the only one. He was announced before the foundations of the world, the Bible says. In the book of Genesis, just after man had failed and things were looking grim, God said, but you're going to crush his head. The devil, you're going to crush the devil's head. We've just been singing about that in the song. God spoke. And he said, the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman, the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of God is gonna crush. He's gonna have the last laugh. He's gonna break through. He's gonna break through in your life. All you have to do is just hold steady, hang on. I was praying with a man just last week. He's a good man. And um, he's going through some difficult times. In, in, in the healing service, and oh, no, I was asked with last week, it was just a normal church, and I had a word for him and ministered to him. But I said, You know, you've just got to cast your cares upon him, that's going to work for you. And I said, That's all that's what all of us have to do. Nobody, nobody, we, nobody's above any of this. The only way any of us survive is. Is by casting our cares upon Him. We were meant to live carefree, like not just okay, but I mean carefree, hundred percent. Paul says in um, in Philippians, he says, "Be anxious for nothing." Peter says in one Peter five six to nine, he says, "Cast all." your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. And then he says be self-controlled and alert your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour but resist him. Resist him. You know resistance is just like doing this. You ever, you ever, you ever had one of those dogs that when you go to pull it along it won't go? It, digs its feet in. It resists. That's all we have to do. Because it says, if you resist the devil, he will flee. This is the word of God here. If you resist the devil, he will flee. You see, resistance Cast all your cares upon him. Your self-controlled and like your image of the devil rounds around like a roaring lion. Looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm. There it is. Firm in the faith. Because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of trials. I want to tell you, whatever's going on in your world, it's probably different to what's happening in my world. But there's other people that are going through what you're going through here today. You're not the first person to go through this. It may not be the most pleasant thing for some. Others are going fine. But I'm telling you, there's other people and they're they're doing the same thing as what God's calling you to do. They're just holding on to Jesus and resisting the devil. And when you do that, all of heaven comes to back you. Why? Because it says this in the Word of God. And God has to watch over His Word to perform it, the Bible says. I've got a a bit of a, um, a message that's kind of brewing. It keeps coming out bits and pieces, but... Essentially, the Holy Spirit never does anything unless the Word of God is first spoken. Nothing happens unless the Holy Spirit moves, but the Holy Spirit doesn't move unless the Word of God is first spoken. Even in creation, who knows what happened in creation? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in Genesis 1 was hovering over the waters, hovering over the deep. And God said, and God said, there was the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, there was the Word. God spoke the Word, and then the Holy Spirit began to move upon that Word, and a miracle of creation took place. All you have to do is just start to take some of these words and put them into your life, and the Holy Spirit will move upon those words, and the miracles will take place in your life. That's exciting, isn't it? Anyone can do that. <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh, this is good. Luke chapter 2. We're going back to the Christmas story here. And there's some great truths. This Christmas story is, is, is filled with miracles. Let's just read here from Luke chapter 2. And this is in our series that we're currently on called A Full House. Luke chapter 2. In those days decree went out from Caesar that all the world should be registered or taxed. Amen. Things haven't changed. That was the first registration of the governor of Syria. And all went out to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. This is incredible. Joseph goes up to his own hometown, to Bethlehem. In doing so, he's fulfilling the word of God. As it says in Micah chapter 5 and verse 1 to 2, it says, With a rod they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek, which is referring to Jesus. But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, for, you, for out of you shall come forth for me one who is the ruler of Israel. Here it is prophesied, written in the Word of God, hundreds of years before. The Word of God can stay like a seed. The Bible talks about the Word of God. Jesus talked about the Word of God being a seed. And there was the seed of the Word of God spoken hundreds of years before, just lying there, just dormant almost but lying there, waiting to kick in, waiting to germinate, waiting to take place, waiting to occur. Isaiah chapter seven, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. These guys got a glimpse of what was about to happen and they looked forward to it, but it never came in their time. But it still came. The miracle still yeah. took place. Yeah. Hallelujah. Then we go on to chapter 7, uh, verse 7 rather. It says, and she gave birth. Verse 6, let's go there. And while they were there, where? Where were they? They were in Bethlehem. While they were there, where were they? They were exactly where the Word of God said they would be. Where were they? They were fulfilling. They were parallel to the Scriptures. They were lined up with the Word of God. They were walking step in step with what the Word of God had said, even though it had been stuck in the ground, in a dry ground where it hadn't grown, where nothing had taken place for hundreds of years. It seemed like it was never going to happen. They, were just, they just kept walking in the Word of God. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. <laughs> the time came, people. The time came for the miracle to happen. The time came when the seed exploded and they gave birth, amen. That wasn't meant to be funny, but that's okay. <laughs> While they were there, where? Right here. The Bible says don't give up the habit of meeting together as some have done wandered away you're here you're in a place of miracles today there's the word of God that's been spoken over you, many of you, perhaps even all of you that word of God it's like a sea sitting there it's like it's almost vibrating on the inside of you just hovering waiting to break open waiting for the right time It always seems to take longer than you'd like, but I'm telling you, there is a time, there is a time, there is a time that it will break through for you. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in spite of their circumstances. See, miracles are never, ever hindered by circumstances. Circumstances will never, ever stop a miracle. Impossibility will never stand in the way of a miracle. It's it's impossible for a virgin to give birth to a son. It is scientifically, medically, in every, in every way known to man, it is absolutely impossible. There are rare occasions, very, very rare, where virgins have been able to conceive a daughter. I don't understand how that works, but scientific people do. It's a very rare thing. They're not always, they're not always um, normal. There's, sometimes there's problems. But they can't conceive a son. It was a miracle of miracles. And that was the worst possible place to be having a child. For a start, they were having to travel days in late term pregnancy to pay their taxes, would you believe? A most worthwhile, mundane, waste of time, waste of money thing you could ever have to do. And then they go all this way and then they're shut out of, the, out of the inn. There's no room for them in the inn. They finish up in a cattle stall out the back. It's like, you can't get any lower than that. But I'm so glad Jesus was born in a cattle stall. And I'm so glad that Jesus, when he was born, the first people they told was a bunch of shepherds in the fields nearby. You know the shepherds, they felt quite at home in the cattle stall. Jesus could relate directly to them. They could relate to the birth of this king. He came on their level. And at the same time, These other guys, they see a star, these astrologers, these wise men, these kings, wealthy men, but wise, not just smart, but wise. They see his star and they come searching for him. So they could also relate to him. By the time they found him, I don't want to spoil your Christmas picture, but by the time they found him, he wasn't in the stable anymore you read the story, it says they went into the house where Jesus was. It was some weeks, maybe even months later when they came. That's why Herod, he sent out a decree to kill all the males that were up to two years old. When he, he inquired of the of the wise men as to the time they saw the star and just to cover his bases, he made it a two-year lag on, on on these children that he was going to kill to try and get Christ But God knew it was his plan it was his miracle miracle was going to happen And we read the story of the Christmas activity even in the gospel of John you might say well where is it in the gospel of John I'll tell you when I can find it here in John Chapter 1 and verse 12, it says... John chapter 1, it says, the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The Word. And it goes on to say, the Son of God, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. And God's been speaking to me a lot lately about what it means to have room for Him. How does grace work in our lives? The Son of God, born of the flesh, full of grace and truth. How does grace and truth work in our lives? And in in the book of Titus, there's another scripture that talks about this, we all know what grace is, it's God's unmerited favor, it's his free gift. It says you are saved by grace. We're saved by grace, it's his free gift. And in Titus chapter 2, 11, it says, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people it's for everybody and then it says this it says training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age see grace has two areas to it or Jesus when it was with him it was called grace and truth you see grace will save you but truth, the Bible says, will set you free. It says, you will know if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Grace and truth work together, hand in hand. Grace wants to teach us. I remember when I was a kid, when I went to primary school, when I first started, I couldn't button up my shirt. I would just get it all mixed up. They'd be all lopsided and I'd have a whole mist here. And, and I remember, I can still remember to this day, my mum sat me down and she showed me how to button my shirt. She said, what you do is you start from the bottom, pull it out straight and do the bottom one first and then just work your way up. And I did that and it was fine. I could button my shirt. Well, I, I followed that same pattern until I was about, I don't know, probably the end of primary school almost well I buttoned my shirt up this morning I didn't even, don't even remember doing it I did it subconsciously because I've been taught now it comes now it just there's other things I'm still learning I was in a, with a group of pastors recently and one new guy was there and he says oh I'm pastor so and so he says oh, I've still got my trainer wheels and this other guy who's been a pastor for 50 years he said well I've still got mine as well It's the same for everybody. We're we're all on a path. We're all on a pathway. The truth sets you free. In John 8, so Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Psalm 112. It's an awesome psalm. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. You see, the problem I have it's like I want to get better. I want. To, who's with me? I, I want to be taught. I want. I want to. I want to move ahead. I want to get over the hump. But I don't seem to be able to do it. I know God's given me the grace to be able to do it. I know He's. I know He's forgiven me even before I've made the mistake. It's already forgiven. That's the truth. There's no condemnation. I know his grace, you can't, I heard one guy say, you can't out sin grace, it's true. Where grace, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. But at the same time, I wanna, I wanna take hold of grace as my teacher, because I, I kind of think that the level that you can take hold of grace as your teacher is like the same level you can take hold of grace for your freedom, and there's no condemnation. You know what, because then your conscience is right. So you can take grace and you's like yeah i but your conscience is kind of not you know what i'm saying it's not quite balanced grace wants and here's how grace teaches us through the word but we're not we're not like beating ourselves up with the word i believe all we have to do is what jesus said is abide abide in the word sure that means being obedient as much as we can. But abiding in the Word is different to just having it as a bunch of rules in front of you. Abiding in the Word is is just surrendering to it. Let's just see what Mary did. She set the example. The angel comes to her, and he says all these crazy things. You're going to become pregnant. She says, not in these trousers. Sorry. That's not going to happen. He says, says, no, you're going to become pregnant. All these things. A virgin is going to give birth. He's going to be the son of God, the saviour of the world. And she's freaking out. But then at the end of it all, she says this. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me. I'm telling you people, the way you get freedom is you just simply submit yourself to the Word of God. You say like in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who's not walking to counsel the wicked or to stand away the way of sinners or sit at the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. I'm telling you, when you sit under the Word, when you invite the Word into your life, it'll change your life. It'll set you free. The truth will get on the inside of you. Is that helpful for some people? You don't have to try and tick all the boxes. Just let the Word come upon you. And it says, even in this present age, that first scripture I quoted you, in this present age, like that stuff out there It's so contrary to the Word of God right now. It's out of control. Even in this present age, sit under the Word. Let the Word shine. Let our light shine. Amen. And there was one guy in this story who shut Jesus out. They shut Him out of the temple. They shut Him out of the inn, rather. They shut the door. They said, there's no room for you here. You see, the, the degree that you make room for the word is exactly the same degree that you make room for Jesus. Because he is the word. The degree that you allow the word to rule is the degree that Jesus. Is this making sense? Is this is this everybody agreeing with me? The degree that you surrender to the word is the degree that you surrender to Jesus. The degree that you surrender to these things is the degree that He can set you free. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we just all stand to our feet? There's some things that can stop us from receiving. One of the things is busyness. One of the things, one of the big things is busyness. Busyness. There's an, an Indian um, evangelist back in the last century, in the in the 1800s, the late 1800s. His last name was Singh. And he was seeing so many miracles happen. He would see up to a dozen people every day get raised from the dead. That was a normal day for him. He would see miracles taking place. He'd see multitudes getting saved. And news about him spread. And in 1910, they invited him to come to the States. And he got on a ship. They had a whole bunch of meetings for a couple of months lined up for him. He got on a ship, took a couple of months to get across to New York. He got to New York. He walked around New York for 30 minutes. And then he got back on his boat and went home again. And they said to him, they said, why'd you do that? And he said, God can't move here. Everybody's just too busy. Everybody's just too busy. To get that Word, to abide in the Word of God, that's a hard thing, it's not a head thing. It takes some time. I want to close today encouraging you, over Christmas, but not just over Christmas, in your lifestyle moving forward, you've got to create space for the Lord. You've got to create. He says, it says um, that, that he's, I can't think of the scripture now. He says that he, be still, Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still, be still and know that I am God. It takes a stillness on the inside of us to be able to reach out to the Lord, to see our lives transformed. And you can have that stillness on the inside of you. You can have that new birth on the inside of you here today.